When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, Rachel's here. Good morning. Good morning. Vasas is here. Good morning. On the way, Niall Horan's going to be joining us. Tell me more about Niall Horan, Rachel. Oh, well, Niall Horan. What a man. What a music legend. Not only does he have the audacity to have been part of One Direction... I mean, who didn't love One Direction? Five albums, 200 awards, and just so much happy joy in their 200 music. 200 awards? 200 what? awards. Yes, fabulous, fabulous people. And uh, now Niall thought, well, you know, I've done with One Direction. I've won loads. I've released loads of songs, but I'm not finished. No, no, no. I want a solo career. So off he toddled. Two solo albums already out. A third one coming out this summer. And he is in today for Happy Niall Day to tell us about his new single. By the way, none of that was written down. That was all off the top of your head. I thought Tilly was the super fan. For Niall Horan on this show. Tilly has provided me with a lot of information. Well, well retained, I have to say. <laughs> By the way, um, very much hot on Tilly's tail yes. is Felix. Oh, yes. Because he's just been calling today Niall Day. Thursday now for him is a, is a thing of the past. Mm. It's just it's just Niall Day, not Niall Horan Day. It's Niall Day. It's end day, if you like. So also um, coming up today, caffeine cream. What? If you like your caffeine, have you heard about caffeine no. cream? You can apply Is this caffe- for your face or for your drink? Well, you just stay tuned there, Rachel, to find out a bit more. So caffeine cream on the way. It's a thing. It's a thing. And many, many thousands, maybe millions of people are using it. And we're just late to the caffeine cream party. Uh, also, Sheffield Wednesday. How come Sheffield Wednesday are called Sheffield Wednesday? That was in the episode of Ted Lasso that I watched last night, which again made me blub. They're so good at it. It's it's Roy Kent that does it for me. Yeah. It's Roy Kent that does it for me. You know, um, when he when he walks off the set of Sky Sports as a pundit because he knows where he really has to be. To the pitch. You had me at coach. <laughs> coach. Don't say it. Not interested. Um, so good, isn't it? Yeah. Why Sheffield Wednesday is called Sheffield Wednesday. Also, as well as um, this girl, more. The best hack I've ever heard for settling an argument argument between you and your spouse. I've never... This is this is absolute genius. Okay. I mean, we could get into that now. Yeah, well, does, it, does it settle it in your favour? That would be even better. Well, can I just get it out? You're like the kind of person who's at a meeting, right? Yeah. And people say what the meeting's about. Everybody's really excited about it. Then you ask questions about things that people are going to talk about anyhow, and, and you, you steal their thunder. I didn't think that was stealing your thunder. I thought that was you giving steal- you a, a, a springboard. I don't need a springboard. You, you said I'm going to talk about it now. I've got a radio show. This is my springboard. <laughs> Jeez. You, you, you're removing the springs from any kind. I'm now on a, st- a, st- a static platform. Thanks to you. Um, what was your question again? Does it settle the argument care. in your favour? Because <laughs> there's, there's one way of settling an argument with your spouse, which is my way, which is, yeah, I'm sorry, you're right. Okay, but that's not that's going to come back and bite you, though, isn't it? Because that's going to leave you simmering on the back burner. Because that happened to Ted Lasso in the same episode that I watched last night. So they now have the the, the team therapist at AFC Richmond, yep. and she is awesome, by the way. And she keeps saying to Ted, who's always chipper, always happy, he's always got a sunny smile, you know, 
and he's got a kindly disposition to share with other people. You know, he puts everyone before himself. He's always got a skip in his step. And he says, no, no, I'm fine. You know me. Uh, she says, well, if you need to talk, he says, can't you hear me? I talk to everybody. Knock a doodle doo and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and then obviously he has a panic attack. Um, because, because, and that's you. That's that's you saying to your wife, "Yes, dear. Yes, dear." First, first of all, it sounds really patronising. By the way, "Yes, dear." So that's like something from an eighty sitcom, yeah, or even worse, seventy sitcom. <laughs> but um, but you're good. That's good. you're going to go down if you carry on doing. And my hat, yes. which I'm now owning, it's not mine. It's somebody else's. Scientist, um, but nobody's ever heard of him, so I'll just say it's mine. Um, <laughs> no, it's not mine. It's his. I'll give him a name check. It's a brilliant hack for s- settling an argument. Okay, settling an argument, and there'll be no sort of sort of. Um, sort of uh, denied uh, potential PTSD, which is where you're going, mate. That's yeah, I was only really being flippant. <laughs> I don't really say you're right, Caroline. What do you say? <laughs> you're wrong, Caroline. <laughs> you go home every morning <laughs> yeah. and you give her a good listening to. Yes, I do. Don't you? Tesco is to open its first ever pub for the King's Coronation in May. Tesco is opening its first ever pub for the King's Coronation next month to herald the Carolean era. I love that, don't you, Caroline? It's better than Charles, isn't it? Invested the Charles in here, or the. It's just because I got an invite to the party last night. Um, yeah, name the king in the castle with a range of drinks and appetizers to celebrate the event. Located in Farringdon, London, the king in the castle is encouraging the nation to do good by going to the pub as it opens the doors to its coronation-themed public house. Well, it's nice, isn't it? It's That's nice, nice that you've got an invite. Which party? Yeah, which party? The party. Cool bananas. Tell me to read out the invite. Yes, yes please. Okay, I don't mind. I'm happy to do it. So this is so. If you get an invite to posh things um, from the Queen, this is uh, how they come. All right, here we go uh, from Megan, who works for the Queen. Dear Mr. Chris Evans, um, on behalf of Her Majesty, I am writing to invite you and a guest to attend the coronation concert at Windsor Castle on the seventh of May, twenty twenty-three. Produced, um, staged, and broadcast live by the BBC and BBC Studios, the coronation concert will bring global music icons and contemporary stars together in celebration of this historic occasion. Further details can be found at and then there's a link. The concert will begin at around eight thirty p.m. and finish approximately ten p.m. The gates will open at three p.m. and last entry will be seven p.m. Priority access and parking will be provided to you. Please note there will be significant walking across the estate to access seating. Windsor is expected to be extremely busy on Sunday the 7th of May. You're not kidding. Um, and we would advise planning your travel arrangements in advance. And then there's some stuff that I shouldn't probably read out on the radio. Um, I'd be grateful for your response by Monday 24th of April. Upon confirmation of attendance, we will issue further details. So you say yes to this and you get the next bit of the invite and then you get the next bit of the invite. It's a good thing you messed up your passport, isn't it? Why? Because then you wouldn't have been able to go to that if you'd gone We're not going. Oh. You're not going to go? Oh. Okay. Oh, because because I'd rather I'd rather watch it at home oh, with the, the children, um, you know, uh, which the queen would massively approve of. She yeah. kn- she knows my kids. We've met. She has twins in her family. Her daughter has twins, and um, she won't mind at all. It's nice to be invited, though. It's lovely it? to be invited. And you know, if I now that I'm going to say no, that's two places for maybe somebody from Towie. There you go. Or, or I was one of the, one or two of the loose women who've just announced their tour. <laughs> yeah, so no, it'd be a polite response that we're not going to that one. That's good. What else is coming this morning? Um, all right. Oh, the Dish podcast have come back. Nick Grimshaw and Angela mm. Harnett, they uh-huh. come back. They, they've they've been on ours. They want us on theirs. When I say this, it's just me, but yeah. I'm just saying that's sound more inclusive. But it's not. 
you're not invited either of you. Um, right. Kendall Roy's succession penthouse hits the market for $29 million. It's so cool, isn't it? You, you, you somehow get your hands on a property like that. You somehow get the great, one of the greatest TV shows ever made to rent it from you and show it every week on the telly and forever now. And then right in the middle of absolute peak interest in the final series of the show, you put it on the market. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it's absolute genius, isn't it? Anyway, Twilight Cottage. Lots, lots of people are loving Twilight Cottage. Um, here's the Sleeping with the Enemy Beach House. That's quite nice, isn't it? Yes, it's quite it nice. is. It's, it's a little bit angular. Duke Farm um, from uh, Dukes of Hazard. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Little House on the Prairie. I always remember climbing out the windows of my grandpa's car because of Dukes of Hazard. Because you wanted to be Daisy Duke. Yes. Uh, Cray, uh, Grace and Frankie's uh, Beach House. There you go. That's quite nice as well, oh, isn't yeah. it? And this is all because you can buy that. You can also buy King Henry VIII's house. Um, so the apartment is way up high. You feel like sort of, um, not going to in a coal mine, but definitely a, a budgie in a birdcage, perhaps, for $29 million. Would you want to feel like that? I'm not yep. sure you would. You would? Yeah. No. Really? Yeah. $29 million to, to be way... I mean, but you there's no balcony because you the thing about really high-rise penthouses, they don't usually have balconies for, for loads of reasons, structural safety, whatever uh, reasons. This doesn't have one of those. You're just encased. Uh, yeah, I thought even some of the scenes in succession where like Roman was brushing his teeth yeah. and he got that big backdrop behind him. Roman's Whoa! got one as well. Yeah, he? I didn't... Whoa! Give yeah. me the tummy jitters. How do you get to get your house in a TV show? Because, you know, it's like signing your kids up for a model agency or some kind of spotlight thing, oh, isn't it's, it? Oh, it's, it's like a proper thing. Well, like... you know, because you, your, your, your company does this, doesn't it? <laughs> it's one of my many business ventures. No, but I know people <laughs> who... like. So my sister-in-law, yes. Maury, one of their friends in South London, yes. they basically bought this big old house, which they just did up beautifully. Yes. And they just rent it out all the time for thousands and thousands of pounds. People come and they do photo shoots. And the whole thing is they come in, they take over your house, they quite often repaint it or re-wallpaper it, and then they put it all back to what it was before. And you just, like, move around your mum's for the weekend and you come back and it's all done. Away from houses, breakfast tea is no longer Britain's top brew. Did you know this? What? Tra mm. Traditional breakfast tea, which accounted for 85% of sales in 2019, is no longer Britain's top brew. Now, 55% prefer herbal or other leaf-based blends. A poll commissioned by the Tea Group to mark National Tea Day tomorrow revealed 22% chose green tea and 22% picked Earl Grey or other for their most loved drink. I don't get green tea. It tastes of anything mm. but tea I to me. It's got a khaki taste to it. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? It's got a real... I don't like it I've got all. a real aversion to it. I think because I tried it for the first time when I was pregnant and trying to avoid caffeine. That's what and happened. it That's made me throw up. Same with me. That's what happened so, to me. Oh, okay. Same so, thing. Same thing. That was the same thing. Yeah. We're, so, we're so alike. <laughs> In so many ways. Same lived experience. Aren't we? Yeah. I love a fruity tea. The fruity the better. I still love the, um, is it Roybosh tea? Roybosh. Roy yeah. I never had know how to say it. Roybosh. I love Roybosh without milk. I love Earl Grey. Um, yeah, I love turmeric. I love the ginger teas, cinnamon mm. teas. In fact, mm. I think I like them all but green teas. And you always say this is a nice departure from my builder's tea, but builder's tea will be number one. But you, your palate does get re-educated sneakily without you knowing it. And then you go back to builders and it's you've got to pick your builders. Mm. You... But the only tea that would have worked with that shortbread jam dip amazing combo you came up with yesterday was a builder's. Exactly. I, I'm with you all there the way. There is a place for it. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's a big old change there for us. And of course, you know, in the 1800s, it wasn't tea. Yeah, the number one drink in the UK was coffee. And there were coffee houses all over uh, the UK. And teas, 
tea houses happen for I can't remember what it was. There was a different reason, wasn't it? Tea sort of nipped in under the radar. I don't know why. But we were a coffee drinking nation back in the mid 1800s and we've returned to, to be so now. Loose Women have announced their first live tour. I like the fact they call it their first because there's going to be more. Because people love... I mean, I don't watch Loose Women very often. I see it a bit more than I see other shows that I don't watch. It just seems to be around somehow. And that and the rain, for some strange reason. Um, and uh, this morning... By the way, we're on this morning next week. Tuesday morning, we're on this morning. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I think Carfest generally and just uh, just go and say hello to Phil and Holly. I hope Holly's better by then because she's had to take the rest of the week off because of her shingles. Uh, a couple of my, my mates of mine have had shingles. And it's, it's they say it's stress-induced, don't they? Isn't that a thing? I had it last year. I thought it was duck mites from the Serpentine. And I said... You know, like everyone says these duck mites, because at this sort of time of year you get duck mites and, 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 and they're in the, the duck poo and they and they and you can get a really itchy rash from them. Right. And I said, you know people say itchy. Do they not mean really painful and debilitating? And they went, No, it, it's itchy. And um and I went to the doctor and she said, Yeah, it's really funny. In the last year or two, usually I'd get one shingles a month and I'm getting two or three a week. It's a it's a it's adult chicken pox, basically. But isn't it stress-induced? No, I think I think it is. I think there's a stress aspect to it. Not always. I think there's a. I think because <laughs> I think it's something to do with stress. Um, and it's funny because it happened pre your um, silly Simon trip, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think since then you've been very. You've been a lot less stressed. You know, you don't bite when I have a bit of bants with you. Also, I had. A, did you notice? I, um, when I when I didn't shave, I had. A, it was in the shape of Australia. Yeah. I had like chin alopecia. You did have chin alopecia, and I don't have chin alopecia anymore. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, one of the ways you can uh, help to maintain whatever hair you have, or to actually reverse hair loss, is to increase blood flow. Um, and um, it's interesting because if you have an area like that specifically, you are very useful for the testing of various hair regeneration and maintenance therapies because it's obvious whether you will grow and for a very you're quite a very hairy you, mm. you're a very hairy person aren't you generally you're quite hairy yeah um and because you are hairy yet you had this little sort of naked bit you'd have been brilliant for research however now no good <laughs> yeah i could have made a fortune <laughs> they have these little rakes that the new one of the news things andrew huberman has this podcast um you know which is called the human lab we talk about it a lot and his last but one episode is two and a half hours on hair hair loss hair regrowth hair generation the side effects of hair treatments it is brilliant and one of the new things they have is this little it's like a, a, a minuscule paint roller but it's it's really but it looks exactly the same but it's mm. tiny and it has these little um needles on it and the needles are between 2.5 millimeters and 0.5 millimeters in length and you roll it over your, you don't do it an expert does it but you hydrate your scalp and that increases um blood flow and that can help regenerate stem cells that are currently in the dead zone which actually will grow you new hair like ploughing yeah like hollow tining a green exactly like that because we basically our head is just a miniature earth wow <laughs> that's exciting and you used to actually have australia on yours yes. but no longer no Anyway. I'll work on it. Caffeine cream. Tell me more, Christopher. Okay, so caffeine cream comes from um, this podcast that I've been raving about, which is Andrew Huberman's podcast on hair. Mm. It's fascinating. 
I mean, you know, what he does is he, he picks a subject, a finite subject, and he dives into it. It's called The Human Lab. It's an amazing podcast. It's the fastest growing podcast in the world. And he's a this guy is an absolute genius. Um, you know, he's a professor. He's a professor and he's a doctor. He's not a medical doctor, but he's a doctor at Harvard. He's been in charge of his own research lab, The Human Lab at, at oh, sorry, Stanford. University, not Harvard, um, for years and years and years, and his podcast on his podcast on every single subject is amazing. It, they're all so, such such good food for thought. He has this photographic memory, which means that he can read up on all these things, and he really takes a deep dive so we don't have to. And he makes sure that everything he talks about, you know, they're they're, they're oozing with efficacy, all the processes, and you know, if he recommends something, he then tells you all the side effects. It takes time. You've got to have time for this. You know, um, there's no sort of instant gratification about it. But he talks about um, hair growth and regrowth. And finasteride um, is the number one uh, chemical that you can take. And you can take it exogenically or endogenically. So you can either take it in tablet form or you can put it on your scalp in liquid form. And it, it improves, it maintains and improves hair growth for 90% of people that take it. He said there's nothing that comes close to it. In, in fact, in the whole of um, a sort of medical treatments, whether, you know, they're physical like massage or they're placebic, you know, or, or they're tried and tested, whether it's medicine, injections, you know, uh, protocol. He says in, for any other thing in the world, whether it's cancer or, you know, uh, skin issues or eye problems, you know, th there is nothing that comes close to this treatment for helping the people who who sort of mm -hmm. deploy it he said it's unbelievable and then he talks about all the other things that you can sort of use as well if you want to and this is he talks about hair surgery for about a second transplant surgery he says, you know there's all these other things that you can do finasteride is it's like it's like unbelievably um uh, effective and he also talks about caffeine cream <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing this is not for my coffee. No, it's for your scalp. And you wow. rub it into your scalp and it helps stimulate um, not the follicles so much, but the stem cells um, and can can promote the maintenance, not so much regrowth, but the maintenance of the hair that you have. And by the age of 50, 50% 50, um, 50 of all men and women will suffer hair loss or hair thinning of some kind and he gets into why that happens as well and then he gets into testosterone and then DHT which is a form of testosterone uh, which is five times more likely to go to the places that normal testosterone goes to and will cause hair loss so you need to, to sort of um, enhance and embrace anything that blocks all that stuff but caffeine Caffeine ointment, caffeine cream. <laughs> it's one of the there's a there's the shampoo. There's the, the shampoo. black bottle. Yeah, and it's got the shampoo. The shampoo's got something in it that um, oh, it begins with K. I can't remember what it's called. But again, that is proven. As long as it's got two yeah. percent uh, or more in it, it's proven to to to. To, to what's it called ketoconazole that's exactly what it is ketoconazole and there's the there's loads of shampoos he recommends a couple he's not affiliated to any of them from a commercial point of view but it's just a great listen it's a great Have great you bought listen. any no but i'm gonna go yeah <laughs> no but, on the way home yeah absolutely <laughs> there'll be a few phone calls made let me yes. tell you I because mean, I don't use I've never used shampoo ever. Alex doesn't use shampoo. I know. I'm not sure it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't really know. I mean, you know, it's the thing, I suppose. Um, we were never shampoo wasn't available to cave people, was it? Um, 
But then again, they didn't wash their hair as much no. and because we wash the oil out of it, don't we? And this whole thing that if you can bear to not wash your hair for four to eight weeks or whatever it is, then it, it starts itself. to sort itself out. Um, I mean, you don't want to be near too many people um, too closely for that four to eight weeks, I would imagine. But again, you know, he talks about all this kind of stuff. Uh, so there's that going on. Uh, what else do you want to know about? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is my favourite show on the telly. It makes me laugh and cry in equal measure every single episode. You know, I was blubbing again last night. I don't know how they do it. They're just so good at doing it. When Nate, who is the assistant coach, goes to try and, try and book a, a table in a restaurant for his mum and dad's anniversary. Oh, yeah. It is so heart-wrenching. It's... it's I, I was... How can you cry at an inarticulate bloke trying to book a table to celebrate his mum and dad's anniversary. How how can that make you cry? They make it happen. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and in the episode I watched uh, yesterday, um, so Ted is in his office, Jason Steak is in his office, and he says, uh, so who, who, are we playing, who are we playing this week? Um, and uh, Roy Kent says, Sheffield Wednesday. He said, have we got a game on Saturday? He says, <laughs> yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. No, have we got a game on Saturday, Roy? No, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Sorry, I don't understand. They're called Sheffield Wednesday. Or we're playing them on Saturday. They're called Sheffield Wednesday? Why are they called Sheffield Wednesday? Because they only ever used to play on a Wednesday. No, I didn't know that. Sheffield Wednesday called Sheffield Wednesday because they only used to ever play on a Wednesday. Why? Was it like a half day for business? Oh, I don't know. I'm just so blown away by the first bit. I don't want to know about the second bit in case it's nowhere near as interesting. <laughs> It was, uh, they were a factory team. Yeah, and they were a half day on a Wednesday. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it, I do. Do you remember half? I remember when I was growing Thursdays up. Thursdays in Warrington, Thursdays. Yeah, so in Listen Ski, I think it was Wednesday was a half day and then Friday was Mark Day. Half day closing. Yeah, everything's shut at lunchtime. Yeah, no, nothing shuts ever. No, <laughs> I like the half day. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because nothing shuts ever until they've been open um, for, for so long, 24-7, that they can know longer afford the cost of the heating, the staffing, and then they just close forever. So you're either open all the time or you just have to close and never open again. I think the old way was better. Two and a half days a week. Yeah, and also for pubs, I've said this before, you know this. You know, lots of pubs now go under because they are forced to stay open all day serving no one. And, you know, the customer wins for now because we can go into a pub whenever we like because most of them are open all the time. But if they could open between 12 and 3 and then 12 and 2 on a Sunday like these two and then, you know, 5 till 10, then we would we would organise ourselves. We They'd be busier, they'd be more interesting to be in and they'd be easier to sustain from a commercial point of view. 24-hour opening hours was a great headline. Worst thing that ever happened to the food and beverage industry as a former pub owner, but that's just my opinion. But I am qualified because I used to have three pubs. A bit, aren't I? Yeah. A bit more than most. Um, but it's an absolute disaster. Disaster for the for public for pubs. Um, what else do you want to know about? Would you like to know about the super hack? Yes, please. For settling oh, yes. a domestic. Yes. All right, now this is right, this is right up there with our parenting tips, which have smashed... Um, uh, socials recently. Well, what's oh, that you did a parenting tip and it was a day that I wasn't in and it was one of our amazing um, guests who'd come in or you'd taken a clip from a podcast you've been listening to and, and you put it on your Instagram and it was in those moments when um, your kid is driving you slightly doolally to time... Have you got it? Yeah, I've got it. Cool, go on. Peter go on. I, I almost started to cry. No, Peter Tia. By the way, mascara warning for everyone. When my wife and I got married, I was not, I was, I was indifferent towards having kids. You know, most, most important thing I've ever done 
greatest source of pleasure, but not without pain, right? I mean, it's really hard, as you know, to raise kids. At least three times a day, they do something that just makes you want to, like, kill them, right? Like, <laughs> anytime you're getting frustrated with them, just close your eyes and imagine you are 80 years old and you have a time machine that is bringing you right back to this moment, and this is the only moment you will get with them again when they're young. It's incredible advice. It is. Um, we are smashing the parenting tips. I've got another one for you. So the pre-hack, the pre-super hack to that super hack is this one. And this is really important, okay? Really, really important. It's more important than the super hack, but you have to know the super hack first before I can give you this, okay? If your partner says to you, in the middle of what seems like a perfectly normal day or a day where you're having a great day, if your partner says to you, um, have you got five minutes? Can I have a word with you about something? Right? Immediately, it's a 10 to them. You don't even have to ask them because they've just stopped their day to say, do you have five minutes to talk about something? So clearly there's something on their mind that isn't on your mind. And so just because you find out what it is that's on their mind, you can't then fast track to being, being as important to you as it is to them, which is what we do because we want to have a level playing field for a potential because also with you know we think they're asking us for our advice and they're not really and they're not really asking us for our opinion because what they do is what we do what we all do in this situation is we say um can i can if you got five minutes can we can i can i have a word about something so immediately it's more important to the person who's instigated the conversation so immediately it's probably a 10 or a nine to them and it's probably a four or a five to you so you don't even have to ask them and then when they say what it is about and then they say to you so what do you think they don't mean, what do you think? What they really mean is, what do you think about what I think? And that's the double safety net there. So just bear that in mind and just have a much nicer life. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Niall is in the building, he's behind the microphone, he's on camera, and Vassos has the big intro. Over to you, Vassos! He's not yet 30. He's been in the biggest band on the planet. He's had number one singles and albums as a solo artist, and he's annoyingly good at golf. His latest single, Heaven, is out now, so please welcome a man. Half the team want to walk down the aisle. It's Niall Horan! <laughs> Morning, Niall! Hello, Chris Evans so, and everybody. Tell us about you and Clara. Clara, what's going on with you and Niall? Nothing. I just know Niall from our local town in Mullingar. He's a very good friend of my cousin, John Hughes. Yes. Um, his dad drinks in our local hotel in Mullingar. <laughs> Anything else to add, Niall? Is anybody no, not drinking? That's it, yeah. Is anybody no. not drinking that hotel? No. Uh, no. <laughs> not really, no. no. Okay. I've known Clara for years. Yeah. And I just yeah. walked past the window. I was like, oh, yeah, forgot you were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've literally known him since uh, we were kids, yeah. Right, great. Madness. So that's, that's the crack. That's the lowdown do you there. Have, um, do you have any questions for him? For Niall? Yeah, come on. Go on, Clara. You're live on radio. Don't mess it up. <laughs> I actually don't know. By the way, you're never stuck for okay. words. When are you going back to Mullingar? When am I going back to Mullingar? <laughs> I'm playing a festival, Electric Picnic, which you know of. Oh, yeah, amazing. Um, in September, but I'm planning a bit of a trip around 
that I know that seems like ages away but I do have a busy summer but I'm planning a big Irish thing around that festival Will you be there for the big Irish thing? Oh, I'll be back for the flat Are you coming back to the flat in Mullingar? <laughs> I am actually, yeah I'll be working at it Tell us about the Mullingar flat The Mullingar flat is what an eight day music festival yeah. uh, Niall played it last year mm-hmm. with Lewis Capaldi and basically all the local businesses get behind each other and kind of support Irish traditional music so me and my sisters all go home to our parents small little hotel and work for the week There's a fl- Isn't there a flat in London? I'm sure there is in some shape or form. Yeah. Yeah, I think like flag basically means like music festival. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Nothing yeah. like that one. All right, Clara, well, um, what's on your schedule today? Oh, lots and lots of Come work. On. Come on, tell us what. Um, what are you focusing <laughs> on today? I'm serious pressure here. Uh, working on bits and bobs for your talk TV. Yep. Version Radio and Talk Sport. All right. So, yeah, have lots to get done before the weekend. Round of applause for Clara! Did what you a miss? start. I oh, know, she's crazy. She's going to be talking about that. Forever. I tell you, she is the life and soul, by the way. Having said that, we were talking about this after the show yesterday, about the fact that, you know, often in companies, it's 20% of the people that provide or produce 80% of of Mm -hmm. what's going on. But our team, honestly, they're all a 10 out of 10. It's brilliant. How are you and your team? How do you surround yourself by the right people now, Horan? I feel like I got lucky very early on. I always felt like a good people that knew exactly what they were doing around. Uh, I think that was important, especially starting out at 16. Um, and I don't know I just I feel like I've got a good ju- judge of character and that where does that come from your family yeah probably the way you've got a solid family yeah That's I was probably brought up that way you yeah. know just to trust who you trust and you know the pessimist in me would watch out for people you know <laughs> yeah well it's yeah it's not, it's not, you're not a pessimist actually no, not are really, you no, you're, ju- you're just aware of aware, people yeah, yeah I get that completely yeah. alright so Tilly's here T- Tilly is our in-house Niall Horn um, expert <laughs> by the way, by the way it's, a, it's a pretty um, feisty competition the bar is pretty high uh, yeah. so what would you like to ask Niall Tilly so I want to ask, so you're currently a coach on The Voice in yeah, America, which is yeah. awesome. And obviously you started out on The X Factor and you auditioned with So Sick by Neo. Mm. If you were to audition again now, what song do you think you'd go for? Wow. That's a great question. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, that is really good. I don't know, actually. I'd have to have a proper think of mm. that. Oh, God. Um, I think The Voice is really, it's, it's less about the song. Mm. It's more about what you hear. So I would probably sing something that really like suited my voice. I'd probably do like something from the Eagles or something like oh, that. Nice. Um, something folk, more folky. Yeah. Leaning that rock, rock or folk or something like that. I'm not sure exactly what song I'd do. I'd have to get back to you on that one. But Alrighty. I wouldn't make the mistake I made the first time. <laughs> how, how long have you been a, a Niall Horan fan? Oh, since since the X Factor days. Really big, big fan. I kept really? it cool earlier, but. Here okay. we are now. <laughs> um, well, listen. Uh, Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. She's basically, Tilly's written some questions for us, yeah. but they're so good. Do you mind if Tilly asks them? Yeah, go on. Okay, off you go, Tilly. So my next question would be, say you're auditioning on The Voice mm. and the four One Direction boys are in the chairs and they turn around. Who are you picking? Who, who do you want as your coach? Oh, that's a good question. You're <laughs> good at this. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, who would I go Well, first with? of all, who wouldn't you want? <laughs> <laughs> that's a worse question. That's harder to answer. Um, who would I go with? I'd probably, I'd probably go with Louis. Um, he, he did the X Factor a few years ago. Mm. Coach, uh, was a judge in the X Factor. But he's massively interested in that kind of thing where you're like going around picking songs and invested in the artist and the person. Um, just that's the kind of guy he is, I suppose. Hmm. Well, why not don't we the, do this? Not that the rest of them are, that wouldn't be any well, good. Well, let's, but... let's do that. Let's go to the rest of them. So for their strengths, what would you, what would you um, best be served from Harry? With, oh. Do you think? 
Some similar. Uh, to be fair, they would all be like very interested because we came from that kind of show. We know exactly how it feels. That's where I get my like empathy on the voice from. Mm. Just knowing exactly how that feels to stand across from. Uh, Harry would be. Um, he'd be good at. He'd be really good at picking songs for the artist. Like he'd be very artist specific. Um, same with Liam. To be honest, we're all. We would all be like quite good at this. Mm. Uh, that kind of job. Because um, when you go on a show like that, you want your coach or your judge or whatever you want to call it to be heavily interested in you and not just, you know, just whatever goes on telly on a Saturday night. You want you want them to to be involved. And when you leave the show, you'd like to think that you were you had good coaching or you were well mentored or whatever. Um, all the boys would do a good job, I think. The, the, what's interesting about what you've just said is that as human beings, when we know, we know. And we've talked about AI a lot on this show. And the thing about AI is, you know, of course it does amazing things and, you know, <laughs> who knows where it's going to end. But the difference between um, humans and AI right now as we sit here is our, our awareness of the fact we're aware. So mm-hmm. we're aware of the fact we exist. Um, is AI, will it ever be? And the fact that... When you witness somebody who's been on The Voice, mm. right, and you say it's, you know, it's really important for you to, to, to it's not so much about the show, but if you're going to coach someone, you've got to really mean it. But we know as a viewer, mm. right, on Saturday night, at the end of that particular week's filming, we know how invested the partnership has been because you mm. can just tell. Yeah, I think you can tell. Can't you? Yeah. So it does end up on the show in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean, but it, 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 I think you can just, you can see the human connection you from feel a, it, from can't a you? mile off, and that's yeah. why those shows have been around for so long because you can you can see that people know people, they know what what it looks like, they know what a relationship looks like. It's really important. In the crazy days of of One Direction, mm. when you literally don't know what town you're in, yeah. um, and you have to say who you know, uh, hello, where is it? Because because that's how it gets. Mm. You know, I've been on a few tours, and very quickly you you lose all sense of where you are and what mm. day it is. You know, times a thousand for One Direction. You know how how do you stay if the audience know like we just described on the telly? There, it's the same when you go and see someone in concert. Mm. How do you remain invested? And what is the what is the most um, the least present you've been on stage? Mm. With respect to your to the work schedule that you have experienced, and what tricks have you employed to get back into the moment? Um, I think back in the day, there was it was like show after show after show after show after show. It was intense. Um, so you would literally have a, we would have a sign backstage that would say whatever <laughs> wherever you were playing that yeah. night, just to keep like so you keep seeing it and memorizing it. Um, but yeah, like I think the older I've gotten. When you're younger, you're just going with the flow. The older I've gotten, the more invested I've become in each place that I've gone to. Like waking up that day, trying to see a bit of the town that I'm going to, if I can. Yeah. Um, and doing all that stuff. But it's just the feeling that you get off different cultures and different crowds around the world. They're incomparable. So like you get more of a sense of where you are. Right. You know what I mean? Like so in you, a way, it's more about them than you. Yeah. Like you're going, getting up there every night. Like I find Europe an amazing, amazing continent to, to, to tour because we're like, you go do a gig in Germany, wake up the next morning in Spain, completely different languages, different types of people, different yeah, yeah, cultures, yeah, yeah, different yeah. food. And I always, I find that very like interesting. And you can feel all that from on the stage. Yeah. You it's, could get, it's mad. Some, some countries wouldn't even be able to speak the language, speak the same language as me. Yeah. Yeah. But they're able to sing along to your stuff. I find that still find that like mind-boggling. And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you know the Stones when they go on tour, they famously have the Voodoo Lounge backstage, mm. which mm. is their sort of um, it's their sort of uh, 
traveling apartment if you like and it looks like a, a really gorgeous apartment but it's mm. all built in a day and it's struck in a day um and when you first start touring or doing anything like this public facing it's all about the moment, the two hours of whether it's a radio show or a TV show or a gig or whatever, and everything comes from that. But then as you get more experienced, that become, that just becomes part of your day and hopefully mm. real life overtakes it again, which is what you're saying. You go around the cities and you engage in things mm. and mm. it's a completely different experience. Yeah, it? It's yeah. more sustainable for a start. Oh, 100%. And you get more out of it. You know, when you're, when you're just going around and it's just another day and, you know, there are, you kind of don't want it to be like that, but it ends up in small bits ends up being like that but then as I've gotten older and you start just taking it all in and really enjoying it for what it is not that I didn't enjoy it at the time but like it's just different old, yeah it? it's just a, it's a different thing as you just said yeah so uh, you and Luis Capaldi big pals you played at the flower with him mm. so he, he was, he, who doesn't love Luis Capaldi his, <laughs> his Netflix documentary on mental health is amazing he's an amazing human being he's so honest yeah. and he's so fearless he has his demons but he's yeah. fearless when talking about his demons so you went to see him in America on mm. the North America but you, di- you, you you sort of stood on stage but you didn't sing with him <laughs> what, what's that, that about what was that? Uh, were you uh, tempted or he asked me to get up I was like oh, oh just Tonight, I just I'd like to have a, just have a drink and watch the gig because it feels like everything I do now publicly is with Lewis or something. So I was like, "Come on, we just." And then he, some girl asked him to do a be real thing, and then he asked me to come up on stage and do that with him. But um, yeah, with, with on this documentary and stuff, I actually haven't watched it yet. I need to. I probably will tonight actually if I can get home early enough. Um, I just think it's re- it's really important. Everyone sees him as this like as the funny man, um, but you know. He's got he's got his issues and he's not afraid to talk about them. Yeah. And I think it's mad important. You know, think about his, what his audience is and stuff like that. It's yeah. uh, it's really important. He's the real deal. Isn't he, he is. He's brilliant. And his uh, voice how, is how did you first meet? How did you strike up a friendship? Because meeting is one thing, and then thinking this maybe potential friend is another, and then becoming friends is mm. is the final act of that trilogy. Yeah. Um. I I seen a couple of his videos. A cousin of mine was showing me a couple of YouTube videos that he had out very early on with a couple of his songs, and I just wrote to him and said love what you're doing this is amazing good luck and then I was playing a show in Glasgow and I just said if you fancy getting up doing a few tunes before I go on tonight uh, you're more than welcome and he came down we met the day before had a few pints and straight away we were just the, the you know the, the the Celtic thing I love it, that we're, we're connected in some way I love it okay where was the pub was it a pub was it a bar yeah it was a pub in Glasgow tell yeah. me come on I think I heard it was owned by Stuart Hogg who's the uh, Scottish rugby player I heard that yeah um, but it was in yeah it was in I think it was in the west end of Glasgow it was lovely when Gazi used to play for Rangers we used to go out mm. uh, the, most of the pubs we went to in Glasgow were owned by somebody famous yeah. or reputed to be yeah, right yeah. and th- we always went down the stairs was yours a down <laughs> the stairs or was it up the stairs there was a downstairs in it actually there's always a downstairs thing that's a big thing in Glasgow I haven't been for a while and, underground uh, scene the yeah, underground scene in a pub it's great man yeah. you know um, um, was it was it Guinness it was Guinness it was, for I both remember of you. playing England in the in the last game of the Six Nations Championship right. on St Patrick's Day right. so it was a big big deal all the Irish and Scots were out as a fan and not an artist, you know, I'm always hankering on this show for brilliant people to go and tour together, you mm-hmm. know. Um, would you would you and Lewis ever consider yeah. doing that? We were actually meant to in 2020. We were going to do a whole North American leg together. And then, like, we we're going out on, like, the second week of April 2020. Oh, dear. And I brought my album out 
the day we were told we were going into lockdown. Wow. Uh, so that happened, and then obviously then the, the tour got cancelled. But yeah, I don't know. I don't How know. If are we too far removed from that? It was like thirty shows. Big, big mm. arenas. Mm. So thirty shows together. As so, would that be? Um, he does a set. You do a set. You then you couple yeah, up. Yeah, so I think we were going to go, but kind of back and forth a little bit. Oh, that's yeah. so much fun, man. It would have been great. Not for oh. the liver. But it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> and how, so how were you um, with the pints before, the discussion before, mm. and then the gig the night after? Because that, that sounds nicely loose, not too mm. loose for its own good. Mm. Yeah, no, it was great. Like, it was just straight away, we just had a bit of a laugh. The whole game happened. We had got a bit excited and then went home early. It was a day thing, you know. And then, right. and then the gig happened and he sung beautifully. And then that was it, the start of... A romance yeah. of, an, of another league. And are you bezies now? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too many like f- famous famous friends. Is yeah, that yeah. what you want to call it? Um, I don't really particularly need too many too many mates. I've got my own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Lewis is just slots in. Cool. He's just a just a great lad. What's the age difference? I think he's twenty six. Is he? Yeah. What are you now? Uh, Thirty this year. Thirty. How's that? I'm excited. Ready to go. <laughs> 30 to 40 for me is like it, that. You think you've had a party now. Everybody says that. Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to it. It's great because you, the point is, you know, when you're 30, you're still in touch with people who are, are younger than you mm. and you can get on with people that are older than you and you literally can have, you know, if if, if your fourth decade is a stream, <laughs> your left foot is on one ditch and your right foot is on the other <laughs> and it's all flowing underneath you and it's just the I, best. That, you are... <laughs> Your lust for life I'm is an phenomenal. I'm You're an brilliant. Uh, back to Tilly, go on. What's it like playing for the president in the White House on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> oh, that's... Um, it was nuts. Yeah. The whole thing, like, just being at the White House and just knowing, you know, what the White House is and the history it holds and the decisions made. And, you know, I'm a bit of an American history guy, so that whole thing was pretty cool. Um, How does it work? It was an email yep. that said from someone, someone's name at thewhitehouse.com. Wow. Um, which we thought was a joke. We, I, I, I was like, this has to be a joke. Anyway, they followed up and we ended up going over there. It was going in, handing your passport in, going through a gate, another gate, uh, through like airport security machine type thing. Just brought us in, met the president just before I performed. Um, I had to do a video with him, but I just had a five, six minute chat with him. Really nice man. Met the the vice president, and then went in and performed to all these dignitaries and and people like that. And the whole day was just like we we're standing there in the Oval Office, you know, with a with a coffee in my hand, just going, "This crazy. is just absolutely is nuts." Crazy. Did you sit down on the sofa? No, I didn't. I didn't. Did you sit behind I, the desk? I didn't want to go anywhere near it. Um, right. It was just. It was. It was really cool, like seeing all of his like family photos and stuff behind the desk and. He had like an Irish rugby ball signed because his cousin played for Ireland. <clears throat> and he had all these like little bits of pictures of him and Obama and his mother. And it was like really cool just to see the behind the scenes of it all, see how the Secret Service work, the, yeah, yeah. the motorcade come in. The whole thing was just mind blown. The whole day we were just walking around going, just take this in. We're probably not coming back here ever again. Yeah. And it's just something special. So it was, we, we definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Top five? Is that in your top five? 100% now, yeah. Give us a couple of others. I mean, being around the Royals is pretty cool too, the Royal Variety. Yeah, I like yeah. it. When you get to like see that level, there's famous people. Yeah. And then there's the Queen. Yeah. The President. Yeah. You know, things like that. That's just like, yeah. 
It's funny, isn't it? Because once you get into the inner circle, it all gets very relaxed again. It's all yeah. very tense. Out. I should imagine it's the same with you guys when you're backstage. Yeah. Once you once your real mates get to where you really are, yeah. then it's all cool again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's always the case. It's the, they're they're hard places to get into. <laughs> once you're in there, then you meet the most relaxed people who have got their their stuff together, and it's very relaxing. Their stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> well done. By the way, live on the radio. Um, so One Direction famously. Um, Three number one albums in the US Billboard Top 100 with their debut album. Nobody had ever done that before. That was a moment, wasn't it? Not, it's not the Stones, not the Beatles, not the Zeppelin, not, not anyone. Mm. Um, did, was there a celebration there or were you too busy at the time? Because that can often be the case, can't it? Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, there was more, it was more when we got into this, the stadium time of the career where you had more time, there was less promotional stuff to do. It was more just like, go in and do the gig and you could then you could look back at what you did the previous yeah. years and just be like, all right, that's pretty nuts. Like shutting down Times Square and like all of that kind of stuff around. I just like, when I think about it now, it's just like, it's still mental. It never, it'd never get normal. But um, yeah, I think it was more later on, you can look back in hindsight and just be like, all right, that was pretty sweet, wasn't it? Does it seem like a lifetime ago already? Kind of, yeah. Like yeah. it's, I am 30 and I've been doing this for 14 years, 15 years. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that is interesting. Is and so how are you going to celebrate your 30th? I'm having a joint birthday party with a friend of mine that we we went to primary school together. We've been best friends nice. ever since. And I'm not one to like have... This sounds weird coming from a pop star. Will you hear this one? I'm not one for attention. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. Um, I don't like the whole thing about being about me, weirdly enough. Um, so... We're going to have a joint party. Not really sure what it is yet, but we're having a, a joint party of some sort. Excellent. All right. Um, will it be um, a few days, multiple days? Probably, yeah. Okay. Will it involve golf? More, more than likely. Okay. If you, Which course might... Okay. Uh, there are, let's talk about Augusta. I don't really want to talk about Augusta because it makes me feel sick because uh, he's played it and we haven't. That's <laughs> we've, we've walked on it, but we haven't seen it. Oh, so we haven't played it. Uh, where, would you, where might you play? One more round of golf before you die. Where's it going to be? Would it be a home course or would it be like probably Augusta again, I would imagine? It'd probably be Augusta or I love Royal Port Rush. Amazing. Amazing. Honestly, I think it's one of my favourites in the world. How good are you at the moment at golf? I play off about eight and a half, I think I'm at right What's now. What's the lowest you've been? That. Okay, congratulations. Yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't really fancy getting any lower because it takes up it's too much time. It's not worth it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All the fun starts to disappear. Yeah. Um, what's, your, what's the one thing, if you could improve on one thing, what would it be? From a, If a genie came out of a lamp, I'll give you one golf wish, what would it be? Golf wish? Yeah. Put, oh, I'd love to be able to put. Yeah. If I could put 20% better, I'd be a three. Okay. And <laughs> uh, how the heck did you get to play Augusta, you <sighs> rascal? Not, uh, one, not once, but twice? Don't say three times because you have to leave. If I'm said. not answering. I refuse to answer. No comment, three, Your Honour. Um, is it more than three? I, I think it's probably more than three, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What? How is that? How does that happen? I don't really like to talk Some to people it. who have been in the Masters yeah. and not made the final two days mm. have only played it twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's just mean on them. Uh, that's why I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, you don't have to. You don't have to talk about it. Um, uh, what was your best experience on Augusta? One hole. Uh, one take hole. to your grave birdying um, I birdied 13 I had it missed a putt for eagle by about an, a one revolution yeah. and I, I ended up making the birdie putt obviously and what about the, the, the sort of rapscallion that is the 12th hole oh which is God. this minute part 3 which none of it's, us can get our head round 
A lot, it's a couple like a of weeks ago, I played. It? It's nuts. It's like uh, we we played twenty seven, so we try and play the back nine twice if we can. <laughs> if there's time, you know. If if, if if the light will allow us. <laughs> See you later, Evans. Okay, coming up next on Virgin Radio, we got Tilly asking Niall Horan more questions. Better <laughs> questions than these. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a different hole every time you play it. Wind, all that stuff. It's nuts. Right. Um, so uh, let's stick with North America. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, let's go to North America rather from South America, or at least the Midwest. Let's go to Laurel Canyon and mm. your new. Uh, my, two of my favourite places in the world are Augusta and also Laurel Canyon. Me too. You too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, except you have seemed to have had more success with both. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about Laurel Canyon and you and how my favourite playlist on Spotify mm. is um, Laurel Canyon 70s. Yeah, I and agree. I just play. Also, I think you can get Laurel Canyon radio. But anyway. Yeah, I think you might. Yeah. Tell, tell us about you and Laurel Canyon and the new album. It's, uh, yeah, Laurel Canyon's a, it's a, it's been a place that I've known about, you know, for years. Just like I was brought up on the Eagles and Fleetwood and Crosby Stills Johnny Mitchell Johnny Mitchell Jackson Brown all of that that's the first the Papas oh please it's just but yeah it ended up being a really important place I ended up kind of moving into that area really Uh, yeah just because that's all I knew about LA was look you know if these hills could talk or whatever they called it Um, and just yeah and that music just kind of always feeds its way into my stuff in whatever way I can get it in Uh, the legend is still there is the vibe still there um kind of yeah they're they're yeah, I would say so. A lot of those artists kind of still live in that area, which is, you see them pottering about sometimes, which is pretty sweet. But um, yeah, the legend is always going to be going to be hanging around those places. Um, what about these uh, rumours about the Late Late Show and uh, you and your mates? I don't know where that came from. You've heard them, though? Yeah, I've read it, yeah, but I have no idea where that came out of. Just, just so I don't have to say, what is the rumour? The rumour is that we were going back on for the last ever Late Late Show, I think. Yeah, with James. But it's not, that, that's not. I don't know anything about it anyway. <laughs> when you when you're out and about in America, um, walking down the street, is it okay? Is everything all right? There? Um, it depends where. I suppose in LA, they're you you know they're they're used to seeing Metallywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rest of it is, can can be intense. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, one more from Tilly before you go. You're going to take the new album on tour. Yes. Yes. Yes, at some point we'll be we'll be announcing a tour. It's kind of sticking it together at the moment mm. with the old agents and the promoters and all that. But um, doing festivals all summer this year. Yeah. Doing Isle of Wight, doing Transmit up in Glasgow, doing things across Europe, Pink Pop, Lollapalooza in Paris, all of these things going down to Japan. Um, and then towards, yeah, it's, at some point we'll be announcing a tour and I'll definitely be... So come and see me, please. I'm sure they will in uh, millions. <laughs> now, doing festivals, you do, you still have to put in a shift, but they're more fun than a, than a tour that you are responsible for. I suppose uh, it'll be different. It'll be a very different challenge. I, I'm kind of seeing it as a, as a way to, to get some new fans, if I can. Right. Because obviously the, the pit and the, you know, the barrier back a few thousand people is going to be, I'd imagine, the hardcores down the front. Yeah. Uh, but I see it as a challenge to go and get the fella that's on his way to the, bur- the burger van after a few pints. Do you get nervous at all now? I will for that, yeah. Because? Just because not everyone's there to see me. Yeah. And I, I, that would make me nervous in, in a good way. And that's a different discipline for you. Yeah, 100%. You're going to a gig. When you do your own tour, those people have spent and saved up and spent their well-earned money to come and watch it and, you're, and you know they're all there for you. And, and because they're invested, they it's in their interest to have good, a good time exactly. anyway. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're, there, they're there. We're all there for to get the best out of it, you know, make sure they have the, one of the nights of, of their lives. And then, uh, the, yeah, but then the festival's a completely different discipline. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm a big festival goer 
as you know, I've seen you at a couple. Um, and but I am I'm, I'm very excited to to play them. I have never played them. <clears throat> and the stagecraft is different. So have you thought about that? In terms of well, because what you know, what I learn from other people, because I have a festival, you know that, and all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff, is that um, if they are playing uh, crowds that aren't necessarily there for them. I mean, some are, you mm -hmm. know, um, they will identify fire starters in the crowd and they will play to that person and their little energy bombs that will help you with your job throughout the set. Well, that's a lovely piece of advice, Chris. It's not advice, it's, it's not well, from it's... me. It's just people say that. They say, oh, what we do is we identify fire, because you can see them, and they will energise the crowd for you. In American sport, it's, they, it's, a thing, it's a mass hypnosis thing. They do it in American sport. Wow. They, you can hypnotise the crowd, and they put, they put ringers in the crowd that work for a particular team, right. and they will get the, the crowd to give the, their team an energy and take energy away from the others. Wow. There's a book about it. Right. It's, by, it's written by Ed Hawkins, and it's called The Men on Magic Carpets. And about, it's um, about mass hypnosis. First of all, I'm going to read that. <laughs> going to be hypnotising <laughs> yeah, people all summer, all across Europe. Um, but yeah, no, that's going to be that's going to be interesting. No, that's a good little piece of knowledge that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't come in here this morning. It comes from the best, let me tell you. Well, um, of thank which you. You are one. No, it's great to see you, man. Good um, to see you. Are you signed up for the UK, US Voice for a while now? Uh, we'll see. Not sure. The finals are the live shows are coming up now in May. So it's I head back. It's different, there. isn't it, in America? It's just different. It's a it's a beast. It's it's, a, it's, a, it's a big beast. Massive, isn't yeah. It? Um, yeah. It's going to be the. I think I'm. Go, I think I have the person that's going to win it. Um, so I hope the the voting people get it right, and then if I win it, I'll stick around. <laughs> so is that all? Is that's not happened yet? The live shows are the the all the rest of it's been rolled out now. Right. And then the You're live back shows. The live shows. Yeah, in May there's a few live shows, and then. Uh, I'll be off doing album promotion because the album comes out on June 9th. And is that in Los Angeles where it's filmed? The, yeah, the voice? just over there beside Universal Studios. So, you nipped, so your commute to work is through the canyon? It's about six minutes. What a laugh. <laughs> what, you're having all the fun. No, if you're wondering why there's no fun left, it's because Niall's having it all. <laughs> all right. Um, well done on everything. Oh. New album's brilliant. New single, we love, we adore the new single. We, Thank you. This, this sound came to us. We, we said, where is this? So quickly, where does that come from? Heaven, where does that sound come I wrote from? that in Joshua Tree. Oh, there you I go. think you can, that's the answer. Yeah, you can, you can, you can. Feel, we went out there for a week writing some stuff, like finishing off some bits and pieces, and then wrote this one night. And uh, you can hear all the the Laurel Canyon kind of vocals yeah, throughout, yeah. and because I wanted, I wanted the the vocals to be a massive part of the production. Yeah. On this stuff, yeah. uh, you hear it throughout the album, and this kind of good. This is a good taster. And then I've got a new song coming out next Friday, so meltdown. Can't wait. <clears> um, but this song is very at ease with itself, which mm -hmm. is what happens yeah. when you go to Laurel Canyon. Yeah, I like what I liked about when I started singing the melody was it, it kind of felt familiar in a good way, um, not robbed, familiar, <laughs> um, and kind of like lullaby nursery rhyme stuff. Yeah, kind right. of, it's, gorgeous. it's gorgeous. Kind of sings itself in a way, but um, yeah. yeah, happy with it. All right, it's great to see you again, man. Good to see you. Well all. done, Tails. That's great. <laughs> well done, Tails. Yeah. All right, have a lovely Thursday. Good luck in the marathon, lads. No, thank you so much.